Well, maybe dinosaurs have more in common with present-day birds than they do with reptiles. Look at the pubic bone, turned backward, just like a bird. Look at the vertebrae, full of air sacs and hollows, just like a bird. And even the word raptor means bird of prey. That doesn't look very scary. <laughs> more like a six-foot turkey. <laughs> turkey, huh? Okay. Try to imagine go. yourself in the Cretaceous period. You get your first look at this six-foot turkey as you enter a clearing. He moves like a bird, lightly bobbing his head. And you keep still because you think that maybe his visual acuity is based on movement like T-Rex. And he'll lose you if you don't move. But no, not Velociraptor. You stare at him, and he just stares right back. And that's when the attack comes. Not from the front but from the side, from the other two raptors, you didn't even know were there. Because Velociraptor's a pack hunter, you see. He uses coordinated attack patterns, and he is out in force today. And he slashes at you with this. Six-inch retractable claw, like a razor, on the middle toe. He doesn't bother to bite your jugular like a lion, see? No, no. He slashes at you. Here, or here. Or maybe across the belly, spilling your intestines. The point is, you are alive when they start to eat you. So, you know, try to show a little respect. Okay. Clever girl. This is just a delay. That's all it is. All major theme parks had delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Yeah, nothing. but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Imagine yourself millions and millions of years ago, roaming around a field, taking in your surroundings, trying to get a sense of what's around you. And as you look out across the vast, the vast plains, the vast grasslands, towards the horizon, try to get a sense of where you are. And you see this giant six-foot thing that kind of looks like a turkey. And as you enter a clearing, he moves like a bird, lightly bobbing his head. And you keep still because you think that maybe... His visual acuity, his visual ability, is based on movement, like you assume T-Rexes are. You think he'll lose you, he won't see you, if you stand still. But not what you think is a Velociraptor. You just stare at him, or her, and he just stares right back and that's when the attack comes when you're not paying attention when you're staring at the one in front of you not from the one in front of you he's just there just there to keep your focus to make you think that something is going to happen but it doesn't come from him it comes from the other two off to your left and to your right. The two you didn't even know were there. 
Now that is how Jurassic Park, and that is a basic synopsis and a basic quote of Alan Grant from uh, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Some of which you heard at the beginning of this episode. And a lot of that is... Is, is from Crichton, Michael Crichton's book, Jurassic Park. And a lot of that is Crichton taking liberty. That never, A lot of that never really happened. A lot of things that you've heard in previous episodes of me saying that T-Rex's movements was not, his, his acuity, his ability to see, is not based on movement. If, if you stay still, the T-Rex can still see you. If you stay still, you're still in trouble. And, it, and it, a lot of also raptors, velociraptors didn't exist. Well, they did, just not in the context that we know them as. They were about your knee height, and they were vicious because they were vicious predators. But they weren't very tall. They weren't as big as Jurassic Park and the Jurassic Park saga and, and movies have made them to be. The Jurassic Park and Jurassic World Velociraptors are more closely resembling the Deinonychus. Now, previous episodes will tell you what a Deinonychus was. But it, it leads me to get into the into this interesting, which I know a lot about, and a lot of this is from just my brain, my knowledge. And a lot of it is from the Natural History Museum and other sources that I've that I've been to and that I'm researching to try and dig into what just where have the dinosaurs come from and where do they what is their legend and what is their history and what about the whole mass of them what are they and what were they and a lot of things you, you talk about the dilophosaurs which everyone who wants to know what a dilophosaur is remember the first Jurassic Park where Dennis Nedry the brilliant Wayne Knight Dennis Nedry was attacked in a car that went off the road in a rainstorm. And the dinosaur, the dino that attacked him is a Dilophosaur. Uh, that was a Dilophosaur. So everyone who wants to know what a Dilophosaur was. And in the beginning of, of The Lost World, I want to say, when a young girl goes, across, goes onto a beach and she finds a lot of really, really small, really, really very tiny dinosaurs that seem to be predating or predatoring, predatoring, seem to be attacking something, come out of the woods and kind of, kind of come after her on the beach. And she kind of bends down to that, well, the, the, the actress is Camilla Bell. But those are, those dinosaurs are compies. Or the the term for them are Procompsognathus. They're called Procompsognathus. That's the correct way to pronounce it before I butchered it. And I wondered a lot about a lot about them, and wondered a lot about dinosaur history. So a lot of this is just knowledge, just stuff I know, and me kind of just trying to get out as much as I can. And a lot of this is just trying to be as helpful as I can. And it's interesting. Dinosaurs are one of the most successful groups of animals to have roamed the planet. For over 170 million years, they dominated the land from small creatures 
just a few feet long to some of the largest animals ever to have walked the earth. But, despite their, their long evolutionary history, the origin of dinosaurs has remained shrouded in legend. So when did they evolve? And what did the first ones look like? The earliest definitive dinosaur is not one animal, but an entire ecosystem containing a few different species. There's no universality, there's no universally accepted dinosaur species that lived earlier in time. Dating to around 230 million years ago, in the late Triassic period, the, and I can never pr pronounce this correctly, this word always trips me up, so I'm going to spell it. I-S-C-H-I-G-U-A-L-A-S-T-O formation in Argentina contained an array of animal remains. It shows that the environment that was dominated by early reptiles known as rhinosaurs, as well as animals closely related to mammalian origins called cynodons. Crucially, however, it reveals that there were also a number of, er of different early dinosaur species in the mix. These include small bipedal creatures such as Eurodromius and Euroraptor and Eoraptor uh, and, large, and larger animals called the Herosaurus. Professor Paul Barrett is a dinosaur researcher at the Museum of Natural History. Lost my place in my notes there because I'm reading up on Paul Barrett here. Who, he's been looking into the early evolution of dinosaurs during the late Triassic and early Jurassic. Now, why it was called Jurassic Park, I don't know why Michael Crichton came to that name. Because if you kind of think about it, Triassic and Jurassic would have worked almost interchangeably. Dating to around 230 million years ago, Herosaurus is, was one of the oldest definitive dinosaurs. There are a bunch of places in Argentina and Brazil that are vying for the crown of the birthplace of the earliest definitive dinosaurs. But when they first appeared, they were, originally, they were already recognizably dinosaurs. This suggests that dinosaurs had, had to have a longer evolutionary history that we don't yet know about. And there is some debate as to how long, as to how much of that evolutionary history is currently missing. Dinosaurs belong to a group of animals known as archosaurs. A-R-C-H-O-S-A-U-R-S. Archosaurs. Today, this group is re represented by birds and crocodiles. Some, some scientists also include turtles in this group. In the past, it was much more diverse, as it also included all, all extinct dinosaurs, pterosaurs, and many bizarre-looking ancestors of the crocodiles. There are a number of different features that define a dinosaur, but perhaps the clearest things are to do with, mod with modifications to their hips and to their legs. In particular, they make a much stronger connection between the hips and their backbone 
and they do that by converting some by converting some of their vertebrae into a special modified structure called the sacrum that creates these additional connections to their hips. All this is from from Paul, from Paul Barrett, Professor from Professor Paul Barrett. I lost my place again. Reptiles have up to two vertebrae. Two reptiles have up to two vertebrae fused together into a sacrum. But to be a dinosaur, a mammal needs to at least to have at least three. Some modern birds have up to twelve sacra. Birds, crocodiles, and possibly turtles are the only archosaurs to have survived to present day. So distinctive is this feature that Sir Richard Owen, the museum's founder, used it when he first defined dinosauria in 1842, after noticing that the extinct animals Iguanodon and Megalosaurus had a sacrum composed of five fused vertebrae. These changes likely occurred as a result of the first dinosaurs walking on their hind legs, or being bipedal. Bipedality is really important to defining early dinosaurs, says Professor Barrett. To do that, they also had to modify their hind legs. While crocodiles and lizards have their legs sticking out from the body at right angles to become bipedal, dinosaurs had to tuck them directly under the body. This means that they had to modify the hip and backbone connections to the tops of the thigh bones where the bones join the hip, plus the joints in the knees and ankles. Together, all of these features help define a dinosaur. If the dinosaur is found in the that long I word I can't pronounce again formation, are already recognizably dinosaurs, it suggests that their origins are even more ancient. The closest relatives to dinosaurs have only been identified within the last two decades. They are known as Siliosaurids, medium-sized quadrupedal animals that look like a tall, that look like tall, leggy lizards that sit just outside of Dinosauria. There's not much there's not much left of Aniosaurus and Y A S A S A U R U S Niosaurus Niosaurus sorry but what but what there is indicates that it may have been one of the very first dinosaurs There is but there is 10 to 15 million, a 10 to 15 million year gap that separates the common ancestor of, of Silosaurids and dinosaurs from the first true dinosaurs, says Professor Barrett. What fills this gap is still not known, but may include the 240 million year period, million, 240 million year old partial fossil of an animal called Niosaurus discovered in Tanzania near Lake Nyasa in the 1930s. Largely ignored due to its scrappy nature, the fossil, the fossil is composed of a part of an arm bone 
plus a few vertebrae. Crucially, however, some of these vertebrae are from from close to the some of these vertebrae are from close to the hip and show that three of them were sacral vertebrae. And this three vertebrae sacrum is one of the defining features of dinosaurs. Due to the fragmentary nature of the fossil, it is difficult to say for certain whether it was a true dinosaur. Either way, it is thought to be very close to their origins. Nyasasaurus is the only animal that has been tentatively put in that gap as it is from the same age as the earliest Silosaurus, explains Professor Barrett. So that could mean it is the earliest dinosaur, or it could be the closest relative, relatives of dinosaurs yet found. Regardless of the status of Nyasasaurus, a pretty good picture of what the first dinosaur looked like can be discerned by drawing from the evidence provided by the earliest true dinosaurs. They were likely small, active predators, probably starting off with a body length of only a couple of meters. They would have been bipedal, with small, grasping hands. It is probably, it's probable that they were either carnivores or omnivores. Human beings are omnivores. But they definitely were not herbivores, says Professor Barrett. They were relatively uncommon, as, as even when you get the first def definitive dinosaurs around 230 million years ago, they are still rare members of the fauna. It would not be until the end it will not be until the end Triassic extinction event that occurred 201 million years ago that dinosaurs would finally get their chance. The mass extinction wiped out almost all the other competing dinosaurs, meaning that the environment was left wide open for the dinosaurs to fill. During the, Triass during the Jurassic and the Cretaceous, the dinosaurs took full advantage of this, evolving into an incredible array of characters. What is very interesting and what is very what jumps out to a lot of people is where the where they come from. Like I would like I've been going through. Where who they were, what they were. And it's just it's it's extremely interesting once you once you get into it. And a lot of as, as you've heard in the beginning of this episode, when, when you think, when something is called a raptor, a lot of what raptors did were, they were very resemblance of birds. The word raptor means bird. So a lot of rap, we have a lot of raptors. Here's a, here's the thing that'll throw you for a bit, throw you for a loop, hopefully. A lot of, a lot of the vast majority of raptors that have existed on this planet exist today so a lot of raptors exist eagles are raptors uh, owls are raptors uh, there's a lot of other hawks a lot of other birds are raptors 
and velocity. Like velocity means velocity is short for velocity, fast. And when they're conceiving of the, I don't know why they just didn't go with the Dinonychus, because the, like I said, the raptors in the movie Jurassic Park are the Dinonychus, basically. I don't know why they just didn't go with a Dinonychus and keep it that way. But it's it's just really, really interesting. And a lot of the article that I opened has different... And I apologize for going over some of the things and repeating some of these things. It's just, it's just extremely interesting. Dinosaurs first appeared between 247 and 240 million years ago. They ruled the Earth for about 175 million years until an extinction event 65.5 million years ago wiped out all of them. Except for the avian dinosaurs. Avian means flying. Scientists don't agree entirely entirely on what happened, but the extinction likely was a double or triple whammy, involving an asteroid impact, choking chemicals from erupting volcanoes, climate change, and possibly other factors. The asteroid impact causing all that. Only the big classic dinosaurs, the ones we all know, birds are living dinosaurs. Think of think of that next time. Think of that. Most birds are living birds are living dinosaurs. Think of that. The next time a pigeon strafes you. Just you're being stri- <laughs> you're being strafed by a dinosaur. A descendant of the dinosaur. When you go to a zoo, and you look at an eagle, or you see an eagle, you're seeing a dinosaur. A descendant of the dinosaur. That is freaking cool. Fossils show that some of the more advanced dinosaurs had feathers, or a feather-like body covering. But many of them didn't fly, and probably didn't even have, didn't even glide. Archaeopteryx which was for a long time considered to be the first bird, although although the status is not entirely certain, could likely launch itself from the ground, but probably couldn't fly far, according to unpublished research. Presented at the 2016 Society of Vertebrate Paleontology, who met in Salt Lake City, Utah. Instead, Feathers likely help these bird-like dinosaurs stay warm as juveniles or send signals to other individuals. Many people think extinct flying reptiles called pterosaurs were dinosaurs. They were dinosaurs' closest relatives, but technically not dinosaurs. Pterosaurs had hollow bones, relatively large brains and eyes, and, of course, the flaps of skin extending along their arms, which were attached to the digits on their front hands. The family, the family include pterodactyls, with elaborate bony-headed crests or a la- and a lack of teeth. Pterosaurs survived up until the mass die-off 65 million years ago, when they, when they were. When they were, context is kind of out of context. When they went, the context of that sentence is kind of out of out of mark or out of 
out of pace in the live science article that I'm reviewing right now. It just it kind of it just kind of threw me off there. So when I'm when I'm reviewing, using, I'm I'm using my brain to fill in the gaps where the sentence wasn't clear. When they where 65 million years ago they went the way of the dodo, <laughs> went the way of the dodo, along with marine reptiles and other non-avian dinosaurs. Dinosaur fossils were first recognized in the late in the 19th century. In 1842, paleontologist Richard Owen coined the term dinosaur, derived from the Greek dinos, meaning terrible, or fearfully great, and soros, meaning lizard or reptile. Scientists classified dinosaurs into two orders, saurosaurians and ornithischians based on the structure of the bones in their hips. Most of the well-known dinosaurs, including the T-Rex, Deinonychus, and Velociraptor, fall into the order known as Saurosaurian dinosaurs. Not Saurosaurian, Saurician dinosaurs. There's a good thing there's a pronunciation key because I'm stumbling over the words as you can hear. Pronounce Sorisking. 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 Oh, okay, they're the Deinonychus and the Velociraptor are part of the Sorisking. These reptiles, these reptile hip dinosaurs, have a pelvis that points forward, similar to more primitive animals. They're often long necked, have large and sharp teeth, long second fingers, and a first finger that points strongly away from the rest of the fingers. Sariskines are divided into two groups, four-legged herbivores called called sauropods and two-legged carnivores called theropods. Living Living birds are in the theropod lineage. Living birds, let me get that again, living birds are in the same lineage as velociraptors or as the Deinonychus, which is the inspiration for the Velociraptor. Same thing. Interesting, huh? Theropods walked on two legs and were carnivores. Theropods, theropod means beast-footed, and they are some of the most fearsome and most recognizable dinosaurs, including the Allosaurus and the T-Rex. Scientists wondered whether large theropods such as the Gigantosaurus or the Spinosaurus actually hunted their prey or simply scavenged carcasses. The evidence points to the animals working together as opportunistic hunters. They would bring down their prey, but also eat animals that were lying around. When fossil hunters found bones with bite marks on them, they wondered if theropods engaged in cannibalism. It appears now that the animals may have scavenged their own kind, but they didn't hunt down their own. Yeah, only humans do that. Only humans hunt down their own. Sauropods were, were herbivores which long, with long heads, long necks, and long tails. They were among the largest land animals ever, but they, liked, had, but they likely had small brains. This gent, these gentle, gentle giants like light. These gentle giants like life, like 
I cannot say the word leaf. I don't know why. These gentle giants like leaf-eating apatosaurs, brachiosaurs, and diplodocus are part of that family. Ornithischian dinosaurs, Ornithischian dinosaurs, a group that includes horned and frilled triceratops, spiked stegosaurs, and armored ankylosaurs, armored ankylosaurs, are more mild-mannered plant eaters. These dinosaurs were beaked or herbivores, smaller than the sauropods, and ornithischian, ornithischian. Often, they often lived in herds and were prey to the larger species of dinosaurs. Interesting, ornithischian shifted from two-legged to a four-legged posture at least three times in their evolutionary history. And scientists think they could they could adopt both postures in their early evolutionary history. Around 2017, a metaphorical bombshell hit the paleontology world regarding the dinosaur family tree. A study published in the journal Nature suggested that this hip-oriented classification was incorrect. Rather, theropods are likely close cousins with the ornithischian dinosaurs and and the groups and the two groups the theropods and ornithischian formed a newly identified group known as ornithos o r n i t h o s c e l i d a man these these latin words they get they get like six sentences long and your tongue gets so tied trying to go after them. It's just... Huh? During the age of dinosaurs, a lot was happening between... A lot was happening below the surface of the world's ocean. Oceans. The fish flippers or... Ich... No. I'm gonna butcher... I'm gonna butcher that name. I-C-H-T-H-Y-O-P-T-E-R-Y-G-I-A The streamlined tuna and dolphin-shaped ocean-going predators. These, this abundant family of marine reptiles largely went extinct at the end of the Jurassic period. A lot of thoughts and a lot of what people think is one of the most dangerous predators of the ocean. The Mosasaur was originally a land animal, and not as big as it became. It was originally a relatively small land animal, and was attacked or, or victimized a lot by larger predators, and just picked on a lot. And when the Mosasaur tried to get away, it, was, it would try to seek refuge, or try to seek cover near the water, and eventually... All this trying, <coughs> sorry, all this trying to get away, and all this trying to, to, to fend for itself and to hide for itself, made the mosasaur, the mosasaur just kept going into the, it kept going farther, farther, and farther into the water, and until it just lived in the water, until it just lived in and around in the water, was entirely part of the water. And to fend for itself in its new environment, it had to 
it had to evolve into a larger stature, and it had to evolve to become bigger, so that nothing could attack it anymore. And that's how it survived, and that's how it got so big. And that's why one of the things in Jurassic World, what you see when they dangle a great white shark over the Mosasaur enclosure, or when the group group is gathered around to see the Mosasaur, they're showing you that's a, that's just for a reference. See, this is how big. This is what you remember. You know what a great white shark looks like. This how much. This is how much bigger a mosasaur is, or mosasaur was, and this is what they became. And the mosasaur is the T Rex of the water, or people would say an Indominus. I know that everyone thinks that funny, as is did uh, Chris Pratt in the Lost World. And one more thing before I go is I wanted to get into cloning. What Jurassic Park and Michael Crichton dipped on really well is cloning. And despite the popularity of what Crichton put forward, is actually, and this is I know, it's actually incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to clone dinosaurs. In order to clone a dinosaur, researchers need dino DNA. But there is no known surviving dinosaur DNA on record. The oldest recovered and authenticated dino DNA sample belongs to a 700,000-year-old horse that lived in ancient Canada. So, however, there is some matter that has withstood the test of time. Some researchers actually have uncovered a number of soft tissue from the Mesozoic era, about eh, an 80 million year old blood vessel belonging to a duck-billed dinosaur, and 130 million year old proteins in an early bird fossil. But after, after so long, those samples have degraded, and they're assuming that the samples exist there isn't much that we thought that we could get out of them because they're, they they're so old and they've degraded so much. But blood vessels and proteins, unlike DNA, can't be used to clone animals. There is a concerted effort to reverse engineer a chicken into a dinosaur, which that whole concept is just funny, <laughs> to reverse engineer a chicken into a dinosaur. Remember, though, birds are the descendants of theropod dinosaurs, not the dinosaurs that we're all going for. So if you could reverse engineer a chicken into a dinosaur, you might and are probably not going to get what you're looking for. And that whole thing is just kind of just kind of amusing. So thank you all for hanging around for so much, for so long. Hang, hang on for a little bit more on the end here. Thank you all so much. Want to check out the best podcast and best YouTube channel out there? True, true friends of this podcast? Check out Fantastic Cruising over on Apple Podcasts and all your favorite podcasting devices and services. Give them a five-star review. Head on over to YouTube. Look up Fantastic Studios. Give them a five-star review and give them comments. They'll love that to death. They are the greatest podcast out there. Give them a shout-out.
want to go to Vegas? Visit the best places all around the Strip and all around downtown, all around the surrounding areas? Check out the best vlogs for Vegas anywhere on YouTube at Brar Frederick over on YouTube. B-R-O-R Frederick, F-R-E-D-R-I-K. Over on YouTube, go over to Brar Frederick. Subscribe to his channel. Click that bell icon. Click that, hit those those like those like up thumbs. Give give Brar a follow. Give Brar a look. You'll really love what you're seeing. He's an awesome streamer, the best Vegas streamer, and the best thing to watch while you're in Vegas before you go to Vegas, just to experience Vegas as a whole. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.